0: Hi, it's Marky. Hey, so if you know me, you know that I am no fan of menswear. What does that mean? I'm actually making light of something that's very important and for me is much more complicated than um, not liking menswear. It's something I've been wrestling with my whole life. And in that time, I've assigned a number of different labels to myself, something that I'm kind of tired of doing. And In that time, when I assign those labels, it usually leads back to something underneath this giant umbrella of the word transgender. And right now we're coming into a new age where more and more people are asking, what does transgender mean?
1: there isn't a simple way to explain it and if I did it would be outdated by the time we're done with this interview there would be a new word out there that I haven't heard you know I do my best to keep up it's evolving so quickly we we can't print material half the time because by the time we get it back in two weeks later there's a different group or there's a new term or we find out we should be doing something differently
0: welcome back to five minutes with Marky my podcast where I talk with the movers and shakers The decision makers, the booty shakers, heartbreakers, the tastemakers, and maybe even one day, the wedding cake bakers of the Colorado LGBTQ movement. And today, focusing in on the T, the T which resides in that fastest growing acronym in cultural affairs, LGBTQ, uh, that voice you just heard. Was Dr. Karen Scarpello, the executive director and clinical director of the Gender Identity Center of Colorado, I recently made a long overdue visit there. You know, I think I hadn't been to the GIC in maybe 20 years, and was kind of shocked and surprised and impressed at how far it's come. Um, they're in a brand new, amazing location at 120 Bryant Street in Denver. They're also online, GICColorado.org. Karen is a cisgender woman who's dedicated her life to helping transgender people. So when I met her earlier this year, we became fast friends, and then we agreed to eventually sit down at the GIC, which we did just a few weeks ago. So let's start the clock. This is Five Minutes with Marky. So this is a question, Karen, that um, please don't slap me because I, I... I think I probably know the answer, but it's going to sound silly coming from me, um, but I, I want to hear your your answer for why is it important that we have a gender identity center in Denver or anywhere?
1: Well, it's important because um, most places who are LGBT places, centers, you know, for social or services or whatever, the T is always called little T. And um It's gender identity and sexual orientation are two different things. And so we specialize in the gender identity. People who are transgender frequently feel very marginalized. They've been dehumanized. They're ashamed. They're terrified. They come here. It's a safe space. They know that people here get who they are. And so um, it's important to have this place in existence. And especially now with the growing recognition in society, it's a place where people can come get information.
0: I think that because we... It is so much in the media, and we've seen so many celebrities come out, and we, we you, I think you see transgender women. Well, that's a great thing. Um, people sometimes make the mistake of thinking, oh, there isn't as much fear now for the transgender community. But it's just as palpable as it ever has been, the fear. Am I right?
1: I, yeah, I actually had somebody tell me once that um, back in the old days, you know, 30, 40 years ago, they were terrified, but nobody it wasn't in anybody's consciousness. So when they transitioned, people weren't looking for a transgender person, so they were less likely to be spotted if their goal was to pass. Now people are thinking transgender, and any woman with broad shoulders is suspect. So its it's been kind of an odd turnaround that now that it's in people's minds, people are more likely to be spotted when they don't want to be. There are still people out there who don't understand, and I really believe that I'm Midwest, but I believe that people are good and they they operate out of fear. People don't understand what transgender is. And it's easier to hate you than to try and understand or admit that I feel stupid.
0: Mm -hmm. Tell me about some of the services you guys offer here.
1: We have um, a great range of services. Um, We have education. So we go out into um, churches, schools, nonprofits, community and do presentations and teach them about transgender so they are less afraid. For the transgender person, we come here, we have support groups, which we've had for 40 years, and then we also now have counseling, we have case management, we're working on having medical services, and we have workshops and classes, self defense, all kinds of, and then we have events and parties and things that they can come to.
0: And something amazing, you just told me, Medicaid.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You can now cover by Medicaid here.
1: Yeah, that, that was, it's, it's been quite a process. Um, but once, I had been told no several times, and then somebody who knew differently said, well, things have changed, you should apply again. It's been a year-long process. It's been way more convoluted and complicated than it should be, but we're very excited that we're now providing Medicaid services.
0: You know, I think a mistake people make, and I, I'm somebody, Karen, who identifies as trans. And sometimes people think that if you do that, that makes you an expert. And wow, is that not the case? Um, and this word transgender is such a—I mean, it covers so much ground. It's such a labyrinth. Do you have a, a simple way to explain it to people, or is there w- even one?
1: There isn't a simple way to explain it, and if I did, it would be outdated by the time we're done with this interview. I know, <laughs> before the batteries. There done, would my be. Laptop, uh, yep. yep. It, there would be a new word out there that i haven't heard you know i do my best to keep up but I'm tired, and I, I do I just do what I can. But it it's evolving so quickly. We we can't print material half the time because by the time we get it back in a, two weeks later, there's a different group, or there's a new term, or we find out we should be doing something differently.
0: Oh, when I met you a, a, a few weeks ago, we talked about this because we talked about different terms that we've used over the years, and then I would come come to find out something a, a term that I was comfortable with. No, you can't use that anymore. That's demeaning. Well, well, I, I don't know what what's the term now. I don't know what to say now. We're afraid so. to talk. Right, and I hate that because now we shut down conversation. Now we're not talking about it. Now we're not getting it out there.
1: That's the problem. And with the, the presentations, the problem is people won't ask questions because they don't want to offend. They don't want to f- sound stupid, and they don't want to offend. And I say, here's the place to do that. So ask me a question. I will kindly and politely thank you and say, please don't ever ask a trans person that. But here's the place to ask those questions.
0: But, I mean, I sometimes like it. So so, what do you want them not to ask a trans person? Because sometimes when people say, or they say, Marky, what... what? What gender pronoun do you want me to use? And I'll say first of all, thank you for having you know getting this out there, because I hate it when people are afraid to talk. So what are what questions should they not ask a trans person?
1: Um, Have you had the surgery yet?
0: Bingo. Okay, with you there.
1: Um, I will. You tell me about your genitals, and then I'll tell you about mine you just don't right please don't if, if a woman um has to have a mastectomy because of breast cancer do you ask to see pictures Do you ask what was done and you know what does it look like no you don't just just don't do it
0: but but gender pronouns
1: that is an excellent way that the trick is to not just ask somebody you suspect might be trans to ask everybody and so in my personal life I still hang out with a lot of people I'm old and people my age like what 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 are you talking about my pronouns but when, so when somebody comes in here, we try to ask everybody, even whether we think they are a transgender person or a professional um, provider or whoever they are, so that it's not just a question you only ask transgender people.
0: You have your pronouns in your email. I do. Yeah. I
1: learned that a couple years ago, and I went, oh, that makes sense. That's easy enough to do.
0: We talked about celebrities a little bit before. It, it, we've seen a lot of them in the past few years. Is this a good thing? Or mixed reviews
1: well mixed reviews and i believe that when there's social issues the pendulum swings back and forth and sometimes it swings in a direction that we're more comfortable with and sometimes less comfortable with i think that um when a celebrity comes out and people find that they don't agree with them for some reason there's angst i believe that anything that prompts conversation within reason is a good thing so for example when the um north carolina Bill came out, people were very upset, very, very upset. And I was in agreement that it's upsetting and outraged. And I was kind of, thank goodness, this has just pushed the conversation into people's consciousness five years ahead of where I thought it was going to be. So even though it's a bad thing, um, people who didn't care or know before are now very interested and say, well, that doesn't seem like a big deal.
0: Karen, you've dedicated your life to, to, um, helping people of different gender identities and you've been here for, for almost 20 years, Almost
1: 20 years now.
0: Um, what's the, what's the thing about being the executive director here at the gender identity center that brings you the most joy?
1: That's a hard question. I think, um, for me personally, it's because it's so interesting and fun. I get to do so many different things and meet so many different people and, um, but the most joy I feel is when those moments when I'm walking through the hallway and someone stops me and says, I just want to let you know that the Gender Identity Center saved my life.
0: I bet you have saved a lot of lives.
1: I haven't. This place has. You know, it, it's it's just it's such a privilege to be a part of a team that's all volunteers, that people want to be here and that we have had such an impact.
0: Where are some of the, the people really making a difference here?
1: Well, I've been around for a couple of decades and there's a lot of past presidents, people like Kate Bowman and some of them, uh, Robin Pennington. But the person who's really making this place happen right now is Elizabeth Barber. If it weren't for her, I don't know that we'd still be open and we certainly wouldn't be doing all the things that we are doing now.
0: Well, thank, thank goodness for all of you. How can people help? People... Um what, what can I do to help the Gender Identity Center?
1: Well, it depends on what people are interested in doing. There's all different levels of getting involved. There's um, donation of financial resources. We're always in need of having more resources so that we can provide the services we do. Clothes. You can donate clothes. You um, you can come in and answer phones. We need somebody at the reception desk.
0: And then the last thing, there's there might be somebody listening to us who is somebody who's dealing with a gender identity issue, it is terrified, I don't know what to do, I, I don't know how to start this or reach out, what what do I do? Do I just show up? Do I call? What do I do?
1: What I'm excited about is that we're open seven days a week, nine to nine, seven days a week. So you can walk in, summers were closed a little more often because of staffing issues, but for the most part, you can walk in any day If you want to call ahead, you can make an appointment and do what we call an intake. If you'd like to receive counseling and case management, then um, you talk to somebody and they sit down and figure out what it is that you need so that we can match you with the best person.
0: The podcast is called Five Minutes with Marky. That would have been impossible today. So, Karen, thanks for giving me slightly more than five minutes today.
1: Thank you so much, Marky. This was a privilege.
0: Dr. Karen Scarpello, the Executive Director, Clinical Director of the Gender Identity Center of Colorado. You know, Karen is careful, as you heard, to spread the credit around, and, you know, rightfully so. But, you know, when I think about what's been happening in the transgender world and how fortunate I've been, it's kind of a wake-up call for me because the transgender suicide rate is staggering. The violence and the murder that happens, the discrimination, and I'm not somebody that talks about those things all the time. And maybe it's because I've been so fortunate, I have an amazing supportive family, my brothers, my mother, my father, my wife. Um, It's easy for me to let it slip, but when I meet somebody who's dedicated their life to the well-being of transgender people, Wow, it's kind of an eye opening experience. And it kind of like takes me back to the first time I walked into tracks. And this is, we're talking about the 90s. This is a different time. It's not like right now. And even right now, it's a little scary. But the first time we went into tracks, like it took me 15 or 20 minutes of sitting in my car to kind of muster up the courage to go into the club. And it's like the, the greatest decision I ever made. In my life and i found this family these people that welcomed me that brought me in with open arms and eventually they gave me a home they gave me a job and not only tolerated me they insisted that i be me and then oh by the way can how about could you can you play some music also wow i never in my wildest dreams could have imagined this home that i would be welcomed into and the reason that kind of comes up for me now is because I'm talking to Karen and I'm reminded of all the fear that really still exists out there. And I'm, I'm reminded of how fortunate I have been both with my family and with my Trax family. And what comes up for me is that I need to do more. I need to kind of pay that back. I need to help the people that haven't been as fortunate. I've been, re- you guys, I've had it so good. I've been so lucky and most people aren't that lucky. So what kind of occurs to me, what comes up for me when I talk to Karen is that I need to do more. And what I, it comes down to, I need to do more for the Gender Identity Center. I'm going to. I'm going to. That's my pledge to you now on this podcast, Five Minutes with Marky. And I'd like to ask that uh, you do whatever you can to help out too. GICcolorado.org. This is the part of the podcast where I usually kind of plug some DJ gigs coming up and I just can't do it, man. I can't do it. So I'm just going to say thanks for listening.